Hey there, it's your host Nandini, and I'm so glad you could join me in building this network of evolving humans. Welcome to Enough Unsaid. Alright, so continuing the conversation from part one, we were talking about how important it is to foster the right kind of environment for our parents and how necessary it is for them to learn and evolve with you and that it's only really possible if you take the first step because this is a new culture, this is a new uh, environment, this is a new way of living and of course they're going to be tied to how they were brought up, that's like years of conditioning that you're working against, but it's so very important for you to help them evolve, not just to help them get up to speed, but to also make your life easier and more authentic. I don't know how many of you um, have ever spoken to your dad about feelings. Like dad, feelings are like, yeah. Yeah, you know what, more so like I've, I found that like as I grew older, they became more open to speaking about it. Like I remember when we were younger, there was, we weren't even hug, you know, but like now it's like, okay, like, tell me about your day. Like, how are you feeling? And I definitely think that my sister like helped break that for yeah. me. Um, because, you know, she would, she was a nurse and, and ICU at the kids. Right. So it's like, you're coming home from like trauma. And then like, you don't want to deal with, you know, having to vacuum or like do the dishes or <laughs> yeah. you know, getting lectured after that. And it's just like, and I think at that point, like, they started to realize that, okay, like, our children have emotions. Like, we, yeah. we also go through things. So I, I, I definitely have to give her the credit for that. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, crying in front of them is still, like, whoa. I was just thinking about that. I find that, like, if you cry, they think you're weak. Yeah. And, like, you're, you're, you're not strong enough. And I'm, like why though like why is crying such a bad thing like it's okay to cry but I find that now that my dad's and I think it does come with age like I find that now that they're getting older they understand it a little bit more because they're all they're them two are getting emotional now right I think for me I remember this one point where um I told my parents that I had gone to therapy because in high school I had lost wow you shared that with your parents yeah I did I haven't shared that with my parents yet. Yeah, my parents, I kind of like threw it into an argument once. I threw it into an argument once too. Like, by the way, I went to therapy. (laughs) But it's like, I haven't had like a sit down. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) All good, all good. Um, Well, I think this was uh, in high school and, uh, you know, I lost a a lot of people in my life and my friends weren't really my friends anymore. And I was going through a rough time at school. My parents were going through a rough time. I remember going to therapy. And I remember many years later, uh, telling my parents that I've had to go to therapy because I can't, like, especially as an only child, like I've always been the mediator and I, I can't do this anymore. Um, and my dad, I remember him very vividly being like, what do you need therapy for? You have everything. And I remember being like, does a house and food account for everything? And I think when I held that up for him is when he was like, oh, you're right. Maybe it does. And I think the way I did it was, I was like, did you see your parents do this? And when I, when I helped you, Nandini, that's big. Yeah, it was, it was very big. And I, I didn't get the fruition of it then. Yeah. I remember very recently, um, my dad said something to me and it hit a wrong nerve with me and I like stepped away and I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. And I'm like, no, I will say something because I'm not going to like, I'm going to hold the same energy for everyone. And I am going to tell him how I feel. So I was like, 
this makes me mad. What you said is not okay because I have given a lot here and like, you cannot call me this. And he went away. He first, he was like, come eat. And I'm like, no. No, no, <laughs> don't, don't try and like. Don't use that on me. <laughs> setting boundaries. I'm holding my big boundary to keep. Say yeah, no to Then he went inside. And then a few months later, he came out and he's like, you know, and he like did this whole like head scratch. And he was like, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I said it because my dad used to say it to me and it just came out and uh, wow. in a great way. I didn't like it. I shouldn't have said it. You know what? Well, well done to your dad. That's that, wow. Like, applause, man. <laughs> I was shook. And I think that was like one of my biggest like moments of like, oh my God, thank you for coming around to it. And it didn't come. I think me between me telling them about therapy and emotional needs and then him actually coming around to it, there was like three good years in between. But what but you I know what I appreciate is like because I made that environment. He, yeah. Oh, it's okay, not easy though. It's okay for me to talk about now, and that's exactly it, right? Like it was you ultimately coming out to speak to them in the first place mm-hmm. that led to these conversations, or yeah. like led to him kind of like thinking, okay, like let me see what I did wrong here. Yeah. Did I, I say something? That. Like, are there <laughs> trigger points? <laughs> Yeah, like I've been, I I find that like I've been talking to my parents a lot about trigger points. Like I'll be like, oh, like that, that will affect me. Or like you saying things like that doesn't sit right with me, like you said, right? Yeah. And I find that vocalizing that initially they're like, okay, get over it. Like you're <laughs> too full of yourself. But I think eventually, like once they see it constantly being told to them, or like they realize that, okay, certain things that they're telling you doesn't sit right with me. Like, for example, me and my body image, Mm -hmm. anything that anyone says to me that's in a negative tone really, like, really affects me. So I'm just like, okay, anything that you say, be mindful because I am a human. (laughs) I'm also going through things. So um, I think eventually they got it. Like, it took a very long time, but I think that... Well, I think I relate to Nandini's experience of her telling her dad about therapy because my dad had the exact same reaction when I told him about me going to therapy. Um, wow. He was oh, like, "We all are the same school. You're all in the same school." Dads, dads, right? He's like, "What do you need it for?" I'm like, "What do you mean? How could I not need it? I have been a chronic pain patient for four years. Like, how could I not need therapy? <laughs> Understand how you could come to any other conclusion, but." after like a couple of years later, like, so I think I, I've been in therapy for like three years now. So in the beginning, he never wanted to talk about my sessions or anything that I've learned or like any of my coping mechanisms really. Cause he was like, no, like I could have told you that. Or like, <laughs> you, did, you didn't need a therapist. I could have just told you how to do that. Right? Save money. Get these <laughs> learning. <laughs> yeah. Save money is like the Shaw dad, like model. Right. Love that. <laughs> but then he started realizing when I was talking about my relationship with my body image and clothing, especially with clothing, right? Mm-hmm. And talking about, you know, like, I didn't like how you used to let other people dictate what I would wear. It's like, if I was wearing a dress, and then some uncle would be like, why are you wearing something that's above your knees? Like, I would immediately have to go. <laughs> right? And, and I had to go change, but my skinny cousin didn't have to go change. Right. Oh my so, God. Oh my God. Right? It pisses me off so, so much. <laughs> or like, you know, like you have to wear your sari a certain way so that like 
things are more covered. And I'm like, excuse me. Yeah, they'll be like, cover your lower belly pooch, cover your pooch. Yeah, or, you know, something. And I'm like, like, I'm like, no, like, it's not okay. No. As long as I'm comfortable doing it, why do you care? I find they're also uncomfortable with the same idea. So then I have to kind of bring up some techniques that I've learned in therapy and it ends up helping them. And I'm like, see, I saved money. You don't have to go to therapy because I go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Circling back to that, do you find that like, have your parents ever kind of been like, you can come and talk to me, like, tell me how you feel. But then it turns into a lecture. Oh, yeah, all the time. Like, like, and then, like, I find that, and you know, kudos to them for even voicing that because, yeah, I'm like, I'm sure as hell that they didn't get any of that growing up. They were, you know, they kind of just dealt with their own. I'm sure they mean it genuinely when they say that, but I I don't think, I don't think they understand the, I guess, the repercussions of it. So, like, for example, my parents were like, let me listen to your podcast and I'm like oh no <laughs> like please okay. no because this, parents is haven't heard my podcast to, this is going to cause problems <laughs> I really don't want to cause problems but I also feel like in a way I'm like why am I so afraid like am I afraid because they're gonna be like mm-hmm. how dare you speak about what happens in the household or like how dare you speak like voice what are people gonna say when so, they hear that? exactly so yeah. it's like and and so, like, I kind of have avoided it. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, but what's so wrong? Like, they already know the gist of it. Yeah. And, but my thing is that, like, am I saving an argument? Am I just am I just saving myself from, yeah. from dealing with the grudges that they may or may not hold for, like, the next 10 years because yeah. of this podcast? So I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, but I mean, we're, we're also... Yes, yeah, sorry. We're also all discussing things that we wouldn't really share with the world. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. one overarching thing for all of us. Yeah. I think parents are like experts in being PR agents because you have to be so <laughs> careful about what you put up there. <laughs> like you better shut your mouth. Like I don't know if you guys have had this in so many instances where there could be a whole full blown out fight, and then guests come and it's like. Oh my god, or like a phone call, and it's like, oh hello, Gemsho. Like I'm and scene. <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh god. But this is the thing, like I I like obviously people know, like, say for example, you know, there's something happening in the house and like someone unexpectedly walks in. People are going to know, but energy just, don't lie. <laughs> no one talks about it. Like no one talks about it. It's just hush-hush. And I'm like. Sir, ma'am. It's like there's literally tension like all around us. Depends on who's coming over, right? Because like depending on who is coming over, sometimes I'm like, I'm so good at it. I'm like, yo, I deserve an Oscar because like we're really having a fight and I can't discuss what I was about to discuss in front of this auntie. So now I'm gonna shut up and I'm I and I always table back to it later. Like as soon as that guest leaves, it's like the switch turns back on and we're right back to it. You know, we were on a break for a bit. No, it's not pretty what you said about like your parents being like, you can talk to me. I think they, first of all, sometimes you, you hear it in a tone of like, tell us if something's yeah. wrong. <laughs> like, don't like, you know, they're very like mad. When they <laughs> That's like, I love the warmth, man. Love the warmth. <laughs> Thank you for creating this warm environment for me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. That's them being like, I was supposed to do this. This was my role. I did it. 
That was my yeah. And then when you actually take it to them, they are like, oh, I failed. I failed here. Like I should yeah. have this. I should have picked up on this. And it's again, it's society telling them what kind of parents they should have been. Like, what will people say if my daughter, like I didn't know this and the whole community knew, but my I didn't know that my daughter was gonna go for this uh career. Like everybody knew, I didn't know. Or my daughter was at dance practice and I didn't know, but people were coming to watch the yeah. show. I usually start those conversations with like a disclaimer, right? Like if they want to, like what Bria said, if they start and be like, hey, like if you want to talk about anything, you know, I'm always here. I'll be like, okay, first of all, this is not your fault. This is not my fault. This is just something I'm going through. That's good. We'll even end the conversation with, I'll, I'll end that disclaimer with like, I want you to reply to me or I want you to just listen. Oh, but do wow. they just listen though? Yeah, they do. They do now. Like, I mean, well it's done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It took a while for them to get it, but I was like, I just need you to listen. And then my dad will go to say something. I'm like, ah, wait, just listen. I'm not done yet. <laughs> you're, you're brave. You're, you're a brave, brave soul. So <laughs> I started doing that recently. He's mm-hmm. like, back to me, right? We're, we're yeah. Like our emotions dump. We're, we'll just be like, I need like five minutes to just rant about everything in my life. And then you can go. So like I'll rant about everything and then I'll end it after five minutes and then we'll let him rant. For like five kindergarten, minutes. you know, when you like can't speak unless you have like let's raise our hand. Talking stick, please. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, Do you find that you have to like I started asking, I'm like, what are you really upset about right now? I'm like, think about it. I'm like, get back to me when you're ready. Take a moment. <laughs> oh, it's and you know what? Sometimes when they can't answer that, it's like Oh wow! Did I just cry? that stumps them? That gets them. Did I solve it? <laughs> or they throw like I don't know if you guys have had this where like you put the spotlight on them and they're like they like throw a hissy fit or they're like yeah oh, or they'll they'll throw it back at you and they're like oh do I'm chill like you do like you do this wrong you did this wrong and I'm like oh, okay like well we weren't talking about that right now <laughs> like oh like, let's just talk about me let's just talk about you like what what about you but they're what, uncomfortable what with that. Like, yeah. they're actually uncomfortable with, yeah. and I'm uncomfortable with it too, till this day, like, yeah. sometimes, like, Michelle will ask me questions, and I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't, like, and it, you know what, like, in that sense, like, I'm grateful that, like, I have someone that forces me to have these conversations, because I do tend to hide away from mm-hmm. dealing with them, like, I don't, and at home, like, I just don't deal with them, because I yeah. don't feel like I have to because I'm dealing with everyone else's problems but I feel like when I walk away from that I'm like oh yeah I have to like talk to myself again this is scary (laughs) I've found recently that I have to lead by example too so you know like I've picked up a lot of negative traits from my parents but it's like now it's on me to fix that and then show them that this is how it should be done like reparenting them or re reteaching them how it should be done and that's hard to do you know it's hard to do when like you've gone through so many years like having that behavior shown to you and now you're learning to take the high road and teach them back how it should have been done the whole time um but yeah I definitely feel like that's become my responsibility which is not a bad thing I see it as a way of me trying to teach them and it does throw them off guard too like when they see me not reacting to them the way I have historically reacted to them and um not reacting the way they usually react to me they're like whoa like what's going on here it's different but it's educating them and it's it's not easy at the beginning does throw them off guard a little bit and like I said like they throw a fit about it because it's like now you're putting the spotlight back on them but 
you know, I, I feel like as people that have had the opportunity to learn all these things and our parents really haven't, it's a lead by example is like the way I kind of try. I'm trying to approach it. I really struggle with it for sure. It's not easy. I cry about it after. Yeah. <laughs> I like talk, have to talk about it at therapy after, but like, you know, it is what it is. Um, and going back to the point about therapy, like, I don't know if you're, you guys can relate to this, but when I said it to them out of anger, they thought that they failed as parents. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced your parents feeling like they did something wrong just yeah. because you had to handle it in a way that they wouldn't really usually handle it or you didn't go to them for it and you went to something else <laughs> yeah like I feel like anytime mess up they yeah. feel like they messed up mm-hmm. and I feel like going to therapy is like a mess up for them because they're like I couldn't solve my child's problems so they had to resort to a third party who now knows things that I may not ever know mm-hmm. and I mean, we don't talk about therapy in the house. It's no, it, it, it's one of those taboos that I think will stick with that generation. Like, I don't think, and you know, yeah. if parents do come around and like speak to speak about it, like very well done on them. Right. Like that's, that's a big deal for them to be like, Oh, okay. Therapy is a good thing. Yeah. But I do find it's a huge taboo. So like if for whatever reason, someone else finds out that like, so-and-so goes to therapy you automatically hear oh my god really like it's that bad but sometimes like therapy but like, it's not like that therapy bad has a negative connotation to it so yeah. I think that if if you go to therapy you're automatically messed up yeah but I'm like, they it, think it means you hit rock bottom yeah and I don't think that's the point of therapy I think yeah. the point is it's to heal yeah. right or like to heal from anything whether it's from uh, an accident or, you know, something traumatic mentally or physically or whatever, right? Like, and it could just be like, can you help me? Because I don't know how to fix this. Sometimes it's tiny. It's just a matter of you can't have that conversation with anyone else in your life. And so you need to go to someone else that can have any conversation with you and organically, you know, that's, that's how I see that person that is a therapist (laughs) yeah and I think like I've had to explain it as like this is a third party right they're not involved with the situation they've never been involved with the situation right and I explained it to them of like we're doing this to kind of prevent that guilty feeling with our parents as well because I do understand there's a generational difference and they go to each other to talk about their problems right like as a couple and they feel like they don't need a therapist right but for me, I feel like, okay, if I tell them, then they're going to get all worried and worked up, mm-hmm. right? So then that's just like, it's like a vicious loop, right? Like I get worried and then they get worried and then the cycle just continues forever, right? It's so a healthy approach. Like, yeah. Like I was able to explain to them, like the reason I have a therapist is to break that loop, right? Is, you know, I want to make sure that there's a third party so that we don't have this, you know, you have a problem and then I have a problem because you have a problem, you know, like, <laughs> you know we know like it's a situation right and so you need to break that loop and I've been able to have that conversation and I think the only reason they were able to understand is because I've been through like medical issues to the point where they like they think like oh yeah it's that bad like it's that bad you've been through so much stuff okay fine you need therapy so mm-hmm. I think like there are a lot, like of course they've reached that milestone of being able to understand therapy and like accepting it 
Mm-hmm. But I think the next step would be like, okay, yeah, people who haven't gone through similar things to me also need therapy sometimes. So, yeah. It's, Honestly, it's- I'm surprised that all, like a year ago, I would like, it's shocking that all four of us on this call have been to therapy. Like as kids, I would have never even have pictured that ever. I think my first therapy session was in England. Like I didn't go to therapy before that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like I can do this. <laughs> was it not being at home that was giving you the freedom to explore it? Yeah. And I think it like, for me personally, I was going through so much change, like environmentally and emotionally and mentally that I wasn't able to cope. So for me, it was something like intense that made me feel like, okay, I need to go. Um, And, you know, I didn't tell anyone for a very long time. Like I didn't tell anyone it was literally just me like I didn't tell any of my friends there I didn't tell anyone here I was just like I don't know how I feel about this because it's never been an outlet that I thought I could use yeah so let me see how I feel about it first no I was very hesitant at the beginning yeah and you know like there were times where I was like okay I don't need any more like I'm 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 fixed. I don't need it. I'm fine. Right. Because that's the mentality that we've been brought up with, right? Like, okay. Like you talk about it, you're fixed. You're fine. We're going to move on now. But then like, it would constantly come back. And it, like Dara said, it's a, it's a circle, right? Like you end up maybe not with your parents, but you end up going through it with yourself and you're like, okay, no, I really need this. And so I think that's what like really brought it on. Like, that's when I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is something that like will help me. But it took like, a couple months for me to actually get to that point. Yeah. yeah. I think it's this whole idea of like, I'm fixed is because we've been taught that unless you're broken, you don't go there. Unless it's really bad, you don't take it outside the four walls of your house. Like whatever yeah. could be solved in here is what we do. And I feel like we blame society, but ultimately it's like your family is the first taste of society that you mm-hmm. get because it's been connected, exposed to, right? Yeah. And it's what you, what you own for a really long time. So I like a hundred percent, it's such a big step to be able to go and be vulnerable because Mm -hmm. being vulnerable is a weakness in society. Like you're not looked, if you have emotions, it's not right. Or, you know, if you talk about your problems, it's no one should know about that. And like what Shaili said, I remember when Dara and I spoke, was we both talked about how we would see each other at family functions and we would never guess that this person would have all these things going on. Like mm-hmm. I never saw Dara as anything else than anybody, somebody who smiles a lot, which was great. But <laughs> you know, I like, I would have never guessed that. Or like Shelly, I've known you for so long or Priya, I've known you. Like you know, I could never guess that. And yeah. that's like the toughest thing because what will people say? Like if I show this part of me, what will people say? Yeah. And so like going back to like our, our childhood, right? Like we've all experienced VST running Samaj of Toronto, the greatest <laughs> plan ever. No, it really like set a tone of what South Asian culture was for me in a way. I feel like we were dealing in conflicts right within the community. Cause yeah. like that's what VST yeah. is. It's our whole, whole society and community. Yeah. So it's like, you're like right in the middle of it. And I, f- yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I've, never really thought about that. I've never thought about that before this call right now. <laughs> like, 
but literally like growing up in Thornhill Woodbridge like I was surrounded by predominantly white people so yeah. like Bunning Smudge was really my only like outlet to feel brown <laughs> right like otherwise yeah. you know, I people used to make fun of me because I used to take like Indian food to school but then when I was part of Bunning Smudge it's like oh I can have this I'm like it's okay like this yeah. is not a big deal here but I did find that like a lot of the traits that we're dealing with came from being a part of that kind of community right like it's like you clash so hard with yourself because you're like two different like I I actually found that I was two different versions of myself like I was in school and I was very much westernized right or like I dealt with western ideas but I didn't know any of them because I was I wasn't exposed to them at home whereas like in wedding so much I was like oh like I'm too westernized for wedding so much sometimes and I'm just like am I not cultured enough like are people gonna say that I'm not cultured enough (laughs) participate more in order for me to be more cultured you guys to Canadian ratio wrong and does it match with all these other people's ratios and you're like in a competition like I've never felt Indian enough and I've never felt Canadian enough. And it's like, and I like for so long in my life, I was like trying to be the best of both. I'm like, why though? You're in the best position. (laughs) Yeah, man, best of both worlds. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that identity, like growing up, like, yeah, like I would go to Vani Samaj and be like, okay, I need to be like more Indian here. But then I would go to school and be like, okay, now I need to tone it down a little bit and try to. Code switching, right? That's what we all did, right? It's called code switching, where you're like yeah. different, different groups of people in different communities. Did yeah. you find it harder to um, be your honest self around people you knew, like family? Like, I always found that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think like, you're not mentalizing yourself. We right? talked about this. Yeah, yeah we spoke about Like, it's just so much. I remember when I was starting this podcast, I was like, yeah, we talked about this. Do I put it out there for people who kind of know me every now and then, kind of see me at these events? Like, sh- Usually they're like these VST people and like these VST people are going to see this podcast and we're going to talk about these things that we never talked about growing up. Like, what are they going to think? Like, you know, like, I don't know. Do you guys find it to be the same where your cousins also sometimes uh, propagate this? Like what's normal? What's not? Because this desire to fit in is so strong. Everyone. Just like the four of us didn't know we went through all these struggles. A lot of other people are likely going through a lot of the same things we did, you know, just no one talks about it. And I'm sure hearing a podcast, I know a lot of people reached out to us and said great things, but there was a lot of people that listened to it, were influenced by it in a positive way and felt connected, but did not reach out to us. And like, we don't even know about that. So those people that just like, and it's, it comes from our culture. Like it would be, we like, they would probably feel uncomfortable, you know, texting me saying, Hey, I related to the fact that, you know, you felt suppressed as a kid. You know, I feel like everyone has experienced it to an extent. And I experienced that through the first season that none of me did for all for all four of us. Like, yeah, I didn't even know you guys went through some of the things that you did. And like, if more people opened up about it, we would I feel like it would just connect us even more. But I feel like everyone's like they're they're struggling, right? Like, I feel like everyone yeah. to a certain extent is struggling with everyone does voicing it. Like even before my podcast, I was like, oh, should I still do this? Like, yeah, appropriate. Yeah. Like, and then, like afterwards, I like had my sister listen to it, and I was like, 
is this okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when you're, when you're having a conversation, you don't really think about it. But then after the fact, you're like, oh, do I, was this allowed? Like, is, it, is, yeah. that, is this okay for me to voice to thousands of people? And but it's crazy. Yet. Like, you know, in that, like an hour and a half or whatever, when we're just having that conversation with Nandi, you feel like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm like finally being authentic. Like I'm saying what I want to say, everything that's my mind. I feel this feels good. And then after you, 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 you uh, go back into that box again. Yeah. Like, is this okay? Is this right? Is this appropriate? You know, it's all those questions. Too, right? Like you're yeah. you show different people, different aspects of your personality. Right. And this is yeah. like, I feel like in these conversations, you're your truest self where you're being fully honest and you know, you're bearing your authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then you're like, do I want all these people who've known, who've known me from different places like work or school or whatever? Do I really want them to know like the darkest thoughts? Like, no, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, some of your, some of the things that you talk about may. You have these conversations and you really, because there's no script and I kept it that way. And that's why I don't like to, I like to leave it open just so that you guys are able to speak from your gut. Um, But I think it's, you're authentic because you're speaking from your gut or otherwise you have also contributed to your own suffering in this. We all have, right? Like we've all boxed ourselves in along with society. Like if society told you that you were happy and cheerful, then you were like, yes, I am. <laughs> of course I am. You're like, fine. You're like, yes, I am. <laughs> exactly. And so you, you box yourself in so tightly um, that you forget what it's really like to to give your honest gut reaction. Uh, so yeah. I think everyone contributes to their own suffering and I don't, for I, don't blame, I don't blame you know anybody really for any of the experiences I've had because I know I've played an equal part in that role. Like, you know, Absolutely. yeah. Um, and that's not something I feel like our, like especially our culture where it's um, like, you can't talk about things because then you're outing people. And if you're outing people, then they're bad people. And it's like, no, no, like good people can do bad things too. Like it's not so black and white. And they, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just yeah. experiences bad. Yeah. And I feel like you can't blame that one cousin or like one acquaintance <laughs> who speak up, right? Because you, they're going through their own thing and nobody wants to be the one person who speaks up when everybody's sitting there like twiddling their thumbs. Like, yeah. Right. And so that makes sense because they, they might be jumping out of their comfort zones with their friends, but it's just not happening, you know, at a funny Samaj event, for example, right? <laughs> like it's not happening at a community event. At a community event, I can guarantee you at the next community event, we're all going to be like in our traditional clothes, like nodding our heads and twiddling our thumbs, right? Because it's just not something, yeah, like, you know, we're all going to become that person because sometimes it's easier and that's okay to admit too, I think. And you know what? It definitely is easier. Like it's easier to play that part because you're just like, I don't want to deal with all of the aftermath of me being my true self. Because some of these aunties and uncles don't have filters. And (laughs) you don't want to deal with it. No, you know what? Even some of some of the people in our generation, they also don't have filters. Yeah. They're just like, you know, and I think it's okay to pick and choose who you are authentic to. Like, I don't think everyone deserves to see who you truly are. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's okay. Like, I think it's okay to put up that persona that you have been for so long if that's easier for you. Ultimately, you have to choose who 
whose comments really affect you, right? And who don't affect you. Like, I find that like- And I see so many of these conversations happening when I go to the next event, right? Because I'm very, like, my authentic self is literally on display. I can guarantee, like, all four of us are going to be in an event together at some point. And you're going to be staring at me, giving you SOS signals, like, as I'm speaking to, like, (laughs) a person, right? And it's going to happen. At that point, I think it's just like, okay, I like it and then move on. Like, that's the way- just get yourself out of that situation, right? Because at you, the end of the day, you can't avoid what people are going to say. Yeah. Yeah, and you you don't want to waste your energy on people that, like, you know aren't going to change. Like, I understand putting that effort into, like, your parents because they're going to be around you for the longer run, right? Or, like, your friends, for example, that actually are your friends, right? Mm-hmm. So I find that mm-hmm. you, like you have to really pick and choose who you're putting your energy and in. your battles, right? Like if yeah. people are committed to misunderstanding you. Yes. So it, it, it's not the communication that's the issue, it's the comprehension. And if it's not gonna be there, like you said, do I really wanna sit here and waste my time and explain something to you that I know you won't get? And that's fine. Like you're allowed to you know, mm-hmm. have those opinions, but I think it's, if you know yourself well enough, then external opinions aren't, it's just noise. It's not yeah. like your soul speaks to you at that point, right? But I do think that that takes a very long time. And like, you're always going to feel bad about someone saying something, right? Like we're all, we're not made out of yeah. law, right? Like that poster behind you, Nandani, it says tough and deadly. You know, we're not always going to be tough. That's not happening. Like, you know, we all have our soft spots, but I do, like, I think, I think it's important to understand that pe- what people are saying aren't, isn't always going to reflect what you're doing. People, I think, Shaylee, you brought this up at one point where you said people's um, opinion on the world is a confession of their character. I think that's something that I've come to realize more that a lot of people, including the mass society, individuals, whoever it is that you come into contact with, a lot of times they're just voicing yeah. insecurities or their fears onto you. Because it's like, I couldn't do this. How come you're doing it? Um, I think like going back to the point about like other people, like just seeing this podcast, one thing I feel like even just being in our VST community does to us is the fact that we are shaped into a personality. Like, oh, for example, like Shaylee's someone that is always happy. She doesn't complain about too many things in life, blah, blah, blah. But then you see me on this podcast that talking about all these things. And it's like, now I'm suddenly this person that like, whoa, I didn't know Shaylee was like this. And I feel like that's the thing I was like insecure about the most when I made when I like did the podcast with uh, Nandini where I'm like a lot of people don't even know that I can talk about these things and I'm I can be open about it and like I've experienced all these things you know it's like I feel like there's like especially at VST events it's like I feel like everyone had like a a personality like 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 an index card for everyone like oh Priya is like x y and z and Dara is like x y and z and anything outside of this is outside of her character you know Dara would never do this and I feel like that's what I felt like doing this podcast I'm like this is not something people would think I could do um and that uncomfort or like that but I guess I mean the thing that helped me like kind of get over that was like just thinking about okay people need to know that this is now this is who I am you know (laughs) Like yeah, you know, I, I find that this generation is more vocal so like it definitely yeah. helps in or like you know social media people are becoming more vocal about their experiences or you know like okay I've gone through so and so and this is how I've overcome it right yeah. and it's almost like okay like 
you're giving me a platform to be able to help others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it goes back to that helping others thing, right? It's like, okay, I will expose myself if it helps others. It's fine. But then, you know, you're just like, oh, is it okay though? It's scary the amount of people that can relate to all of our experiences. Yes. That's something to like probably encourage us to come back to do like another talk, right? Is I'm sure all three of us have gotten messages from people being like, oh, I related to that experience after our individual podcast. And then we're like, hey, like a lot of people, pretty much every brown person I know has probably gone through the same thing. Yeah, you don't have to. And that's the beauty of being like human and a little bit of a philosophical tangent. But I don't have chronic pain. I didn't have to fight my parents for dance. I didn't have to fight my parents about school and where to go. But I get you, I get you, and I get you on so many different levels. And that's yeah. the core of it. It's not just the fact that we're Southeast Asian or all of that, but it's like, you, you're a human before any of that. We all have our insecurities. We all have our moments where we have to fight for things or yeah. comfortable or, you know, people look at you a little too long and you get, you get awkward and it happens. It's completely fine. It's so important to talk about those things so that you can also hold space for your mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody has a figure out, and that's the point you don't need to you can hold space for mistakes yeah I think like you know we're all a work in progress still like we have just started our journey right like and I, I think that as you go through different milestones in your life you're going to always come back to like this okay what's my next step like where do I go from here how am I feeling about this like where where am I now versus where I was sort of thing, right? Like it's a constant journey. And I think people are always like trying to reach for the, for the finish end or like the finish line. And I'm just like, there, there isn't one. There isn't one. No, because different phases of you will bring on different parts. Right. And I think the key is to, to be secure in that like inner, inner core of you so that you know what your gut needs. Because if everything is just always super loud and you're listening to this person and that person and that person, then you're never going to be able to get quiet enough to know, well, what does Nandini want? What does Priya want? What does Shelly want? What does Tara want? So that, I think it's important because I've seen it in the people in my life that when you deplete yourself of all your resources and you have no compass of what your soul is saying, then you're empty. And you can't yeah. give anything to anybody if you don't have it in the first place. Like it's to take time for yourself is not selfish. It's selfful. Fill yourself. Whatever's in the cup is for me and whatever flows out, that's for you. Because if it's like that, selfful, be selfful. It's not selfful. <laughs> it's true. That. And like the power of your thoughts is so important too, right? Like people, what Dara said, people are going to talk. That's what people do. And you can't, we can't go out here changing the world. That's what, you know, Priya, I remember you saying, you're not going to change anything in 24 hours. You no. can't. No. And people are going to come from their biases and their conditionings. But if, like, you know, Shaylee, like you said, it's when you felt like, okay, this is my truest self. Mm-hmm. That's the important part. Because that is the longest relation you will hold in your life. Whether you're a daughter, a sister, a wife, a mother, whatever that is it's the core yeah. of you has to remain right yeah yeah 100% agree. and like one advice when you're getting into a like a long-term relationship or whatever just make sure you don't lose yourself like you've worked really 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 hard on you right as an individual and 
I would say, yes, the other person is just as important, but so are you. So if you need like a day, take a day. It's, it's not going to make or break anything. <laughs> it's okay. It, it should. If it does, then that was. Yeah, if it doesn't, then no, 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 move on. It's okay. Yeah. On to the next one. <laughs> okay, that actually brings me to the, the, the most proper segment is what advice would you guys give to people and prayer you already said you were spent what advice would you give people if you could or something that you've really learned that if you could give advice to yourself you would I think for me I'm gonna say be yourself and be your authentic self and the right things will fall into your life and the wrong things will fall out and it's all a blessing (laughs) whatever happens everything aligns with who you are as a person. And that's who that's that those are the things you want in your life. You don't really want anything else. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it would be it's okay to be selective. Like it's okay to choose the people that you want in your life or choose your hobbies or whatever. Just it's okay to have opinions about things and act on those opinions, right? Because we're all told to just be like docile and just let life happen to us, right? Yeah, that's not how life works, right? Like, it's okay to make decisions for yourself. And yeah. Learn to get comfortable with that idea, even if it makes other people uncomfortable, you know, whatever, that's life. <laughs> 100% agree. Um, I just like to add to that. I think um, live your life for you. Like, it's okay. It's okay to be messy. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to disappoint other people because not everyone is going to think the same way you do. Or it's okay that people disappoint you because of that same reason. I just think as long as you're okay and you're happy with what you've decided, do it. Yeah. It's okay. Mm -hmm. If you want to move, move. If you want to take a dance lesson, take a dance lesson. If you want to sing, even if you're horrible at it, just sing. If it makes (laughs) you happy, do it. Like, I think it's whether it's a self, something we learn in the South Asian culture or something we learn as we grow. It's like, but everything you choose is a choice. And like yeah. at the end of the day, you got to be accountable for it. So yeah. if you choose to let the South Asian culture impact you and hold you back, that's a choice. You know, yeah. choice at the end of the day. And you need to learn to be accountable to taking care of yourself and making the choices that are right for you. Yeah. Like I think, I think being honest with yourself, like I yeah. find that being honest with myself is sometimes like the hardest thing that I can do, but it's also the best thing that I can do for myself. Yeah. So I think no matter what's happening or what's, what people are saying to you or what you're vocalizing outside, as long as you're honest with you at the end of the day, like, okay, I didn't do this that well today, or I lashed out today because I didn't understand where that person was coming from, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think that, as long as you're doing that, you're good. You're a good child. You got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I actually want to share something that I I feel like could really help you get closer to who you are. It's that it's a benevolent universe and that life speaks to you in whispers until it gets louder and louder and louder. And the louder you let it get, the harder the consequences. So I think the key is your very gut, it, it knows and the key is to just tune into it a little. I think one of the best ways to do that is to just pause, you know, get to know yourself and, and befriend yourself, you know, look at yourself objectively and say, I like this, or I don't like this. And it's, I don't have to be a good person all the time. I can be the bad person too, or I can make mistakes too. And 
um, this thing about me, I really, really like, and I'm going to hold on to it because I feel like so many of us are good at giving advice to our friends or like if we see a red flag in our friend's life, we're like, mm -mm -mm -mm, don't do this, don't do this. But for some reason, we don't hold that same compassion for ourselves. And I think oh, yeah. because like we're not friends with ourselves. So take the time to just pause and look at yourself objectively, be, become yeah. your friend. And yeah. I really think that the whispers, they hit you the first time, the tighter that friendship is. Yeah, I, I, I definitely learned that, learned that in therapy where it's like, learn to talk to yourself like you would talk to your friend. And that advice is what you should take or that advice action is what you should take. <laughs> you can, like be as compassionate to yourself as you would. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice to yourself. Yeah. Yes. Like the power. I feel like, I feel like we, um, we seek external validation quite a bit. Yeah. Like, you know, someone says, okay, good job. So we're like, oh, wow, we did a good job. Or like someone says, wow, you look great. And you're like, wow, I do look great. And it's like, <laughs> I do. why don't I ever say that to myself like, like why don't I, I ever hurt. say holy crap like you did something that you didn't think you could achieve or you did something that was totally outside of your comfort zone and yeah. but it, like, that's the thing like right like until we don't hear from our parents or until we don't hear from a third party we're never going to be satisfied that oh you know we did that like we did that but you're right like as Lara said like we need to be as compassionate with ourselves and as loving as our, uh, with ourselves as we are with other people. Like we give ourselves to everyone. So why not give ourselves a little bit of ourselves? You know? no, I heard that in therapy, actually, what you said is, I remember once being like, I don't know why I feel like I'm not, I'm not doing enough. Nobody's saying that I'm doing enough. And my therapist was like, why do you need somebody to say it though? Are you, do you not think it yourself? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you are. I'm not about that one. <laughs> yeah, it's true though. You go around seeking uh, validation, which is why it's so important to pause for a second and be like, I "Did a good job today," or like, "You know what? This is yeah. working out well." Because then you know, like again, then it's your gut reaction. You're not letting any of your own ideas filter in, or like what the world is saying filter in. It's you can make a call and a judgment call at that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. All I want to say is that I'm proud of all y'all. You did it. You're doing it. Well done. <laughs> Round of applause for ourselves. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining for the first season of Enough Unsaid. I know this was something that I think I started some, part of it was a selfish reason, was like, how do I learn from people without um, having to go through some of those experiences. And then as I spoke to more people, I was like, oh, I didn't go through that, but I, I, I know that, like I can, I can feel it. And, you know, I've gone through something similar. So more than anything, I think it just, it gave me an opportunity to connect. And um, I know Dara, when you said that you spoke about the podcast at your dinner table, like that made my day, like it made my year, to be honest. By the way, yeah, my, my whole family has listened to all of our podcasts and they love all of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> single one of our like the podcasts have sparked conversation in my house and we wow oh my god my parents opened up uh, relating to both of your stories so yeah. and none of these stories so See, like for me like internally I'm like oh my god your parents know what I went through like <laughs> oh my god my parents are like so happy though they're like we're so glad especially my mom she was like I wish I had something like this when I was younger yeah yeah it was all worth it kudos to you Namini, for even starting this so. yeah thank you you're, you're absolutely welcome like it's been an absolute privilege it genuinely is like I I'm so glad I got to know all of you guys on a 
personal level, and ultimately just create a network of evolving humans. I wanted to make sure that this wasn't just a platform for us to share our struggles, although that's extremely important. It was more necessary for me to create a platform where people shared how they've come out of their struggles, how they've grown from their struggles, how much they have evolved as human beings. And that's because if there's somebody listening to this podcast who's in a rut, who's not understanding how to come out of that rut, who doesn't know when things are going to get better, they can listen to this, feel inspired, and know that everything that they need is within them, that they too can have these skills and grow as humans and that it does get better, that we've all had our struggles, we've all had our moments, and we will continue to have our moments. But it's what we do when life happens to us that defines us as a human being. It's the resilience, the courage, the skills that we build that help us get to the other side. And as I sign off for season one, I want to leave you all with one final thought. And it's this, that when you're working on yourself, it's like attending a garden. And the flowers that are there are all actually hidden under the weeds. The weeds are conditioning, society, family, culture, our own ideas, our own egos. All of that is sort of hindering you from your, seeing your authentic self. So as you do the work to evolve yourself and grow yourself and try to pick out those weeds, make sure that you're also not doing things to water those weeds or to nurture those weeds. Try and focus your attention onto the flowers and growing those. Because ultimately, we all have a role to play in our suffering, and it's important that we learn where we contribute and how we can minimize those impacts. That's all for me from Season 1, and I hope to see you all on Season 2. I think that's enough said. Thank you.